Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton you and i we have to choose you've got to choose jesus christ you've got to choose to make him your lord and you've got to choose to serve him you cannot have any other gods in your life it is not a matter of putting jesus christ first in your life It's a matter of putting Jesus Christ only, the only God, and no other gods in his presence. And listen to me. Please give me your attention. A God can be anything or anyone that you give your devotion to. It is said that on average, every human being makes almost 35,000 decisions a day. That's a lot of choices to make. But how many of those choices reflect our walks with Christ? Every single day, as Christians, we must make a conscious decision to choose God. Today, Pastor Dan is going to be talking about putting God above everything else in our lives. It's not a bad thing to have other hobbies and interests. However, we must always make sure that our priority is set on God and His kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now, that brings us to commandment number one. You're thinking, it's about time. Let's get there. So, so commandment number one, verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, this is, the, this is the first commandment. And this is the first commandment because it is foundational for all the other commandments. You have to start with this. God must be your God. God must be your God. And so if you're here tonight and you're an atheist or you're an agnostic, we're glad you're here, but you are breaking the first commandment. If you're here tonight and you believe in some other God other than the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, if you believe in Allah or one of the Hindu gods, again, we're glad you're here, but you're breaking the first commandment because the God of the Bible must be your God to keep this commandment. Now, when it says you shall have no other gods before me, it's not saying that you can have other gods as long as they do not come before the Lord God. You know, as long as you keep the Lord God in the number one position in your life, you can have as many gods as you want. And, you know, two on down kind of thing. Commandment is not saying other gods in your life are right as long as you prioritize this God. The phrase before me, if you're taking notes, you shall have no other gods before me. It, it literally means in my presence, in my presence or, or in my sight. And so Jehovah God says to his people, I am your God. 
I delivered you out of the house of bondage, and I do not want you to have any other gods in your life. I do not want you to have any other gods in my presence. I am to be your one and only God in your life. You should have no other gods in your life. You know, the Bible describes our relationship with Jesus Christ as a marriage where Jesus is the groom and the church is his bride. And I think a marriage serves as a a great analogy for this first commandment because, you know, God is entering into a covenant here with his people, similar to like a marriage covenant. So, So suppose you have a husband and a wife that are married and the wife decides one day to bring home a second husband to live with her and her first husband. And this wife now has two husbands. And she tells her first husband, hey, I I love you, but I also have this other man who is very special to me. And I've invited him to come live with us in the spare bedroom. And I'll split my time and my attention between both of you. And sometimes I'll spend time with you And sometimes I'll spend time with him. And I'm sure the three of us will get along just fine and live happily together. No, they won't. At least not for long. I'm a married man and I do not want my wife to have another husband in my presence. And I've never asked her, but I'm sure my wife doesn't want me to have another wife in her presence. I don't want to have another wife in my wife's presence because I don't want to have to dispose of my new wife's body after my original wife kills my new wife and now I've got to dig some shallow grave in the backyard. That's a lot of work. But here with this first commandment, listen, God says, I'm your God. I'm the one who saved you. I'm the one who delivered you. No other God has done that for you. No other God has done for you what I've done for you, and so I I don't want you to have any other gods in your life. I don't want you giving your attention to any other gods. I don't want you trusting in any other gods. I don't want you putting your hope in any other gods. I don't want you giving your love or your devotion or your worship or your sacrifices to any other gods. I don't want you looking to any other gods for comfort or peace. I want you looking to me. And if we are going to enter into this covenant and enter into this relationship, I don't want you looking outside of our relationship for what you should find in me and me only. I'm your God. And you're to have no other gods. And it's interesting to look at the history of Israel because Israel never really completely forsook Jehovah Yahweh, or totally, completely abandoned him for other gods, they continued to identify with Jehovah. They continued at least some form of worship of Jehovah, but they began to worship other gods alongside Jehovah. They moved other gods into the house. And the theological term for this is syncretism. And if you would have asked an Israelite if they believed in Jehovah, they would have said, yes, of course, absolutely. Jehovah is our God. But they had all these other gods as well. And so they began to worship the gods of the people, the Canaanites that lived around them, the pagans, the heathens. And so, for example, they began to worship Baal. And they worshipped Baal because the Canaanites believed that Baal was the God who caused the rain to fall on your crops and caused your crops to grow. 
And so they continued to worship Jehovah, but they also worshiped Baal to prosper their crops, to prosper their farms. And they broke the first commandment. And this was a constant issue for Israel. And ultimately, it led to them going into captivity because they would not give up on all these other gods, even though God gave them, Jehovah gave them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, but they were unfaithful. And God even describes them as being adulterous towards them spiritually, adulterous. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't give up these other gods. And so God finally removed them from the land and sent them into captivity. And I want to turn with you to a couple places to look at this. So turn with me to Joshua chapter 24. Now this is after the Israelites have come into the land of Israel. Right? So God has sustained them through the wilderness for 40 years. He's provided for them every day, all their needs. They come into the land of Israel. God miraculously parts the Jordan River for them to enter the land. So they come in, you know, in a miracle. They come into the land. They conquer Jericho. You know that story, how God just delivered Jericho into their hands. And they come now to to Shechem, where God has given them kind of all these victories and brought them into the land. They haven't completely conquered the land at this point. But here at Shechem, in the land of Israel, here they, they, they recommit themselves to the covenant that God made with them. And Joshua chapter 24, beginning in verse 14, look what Joshua has to say to them. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. He's got to tell them, put away your gods. They've got other gods with them. They've seen God's mighty hand on their behalf, Jehovah, but they still have these other gods. And Joshua has to say to them, put away the other gods, get rid of them. If you have other gods in your life, What do you do with them? You put them away. You get rid of them. He goes on. Look at verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, the Egyptian gods, or the gods of the Amorites, who are pagans, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua has to tell the nation, you guys got to choose who you're going to serve. Are you, are you going to serve these other gods? Or are you going to serve Jehovah? You got to make a choice. You got to decide. And so the people answered and said, verse 16, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Remember what God said when he makes the covenant in Exodus 20? I'm the one who brought you out of your bondage in Egypt. And they remember that. We're not going to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord Jehovah is our God who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve Jehovah, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, 
You cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God and he is a jealous God. And he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you. And after he has done you good. You know what Joshua says here? Are you guys sure you're really going to get rid of your other gods? You sure? You're really making a commitment to Jehovah here? Are you sure about this? And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve Jehovah. And so Joshua said to the people, okay, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now therefore he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to Jehovah God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. And made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Verse 26, then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. You know what? When archaeologists excavated at Shechem, you know what they found there? A large stone. They found Joshua's stone. It's still there. It's all overgrown with weeds because nobody goes there. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us. For it has heard all the words of the Lord, which he spoke to us. And it shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. And so Joshua let the people depart each to his own inheritance. He's got to tell them, you got to put away these other gods. You got to choose. And you need to be serious about your choice. Now, turn with me over to 1 Kings, chapter 18. The northern kingdom of Israel is wholly given over to idolatry. They're worshiping Baal. It's all farm country there in that region of the northern part of Israel, in the Jezreel Valley. They're all farmers. They learn about the gods of the Canaanites. The gods of the Canaanites include Baal. They worship Baal because... They think Baal causes the rain to fall on your crops and makes your crops grow and makes you prosperous. So the people of Israel, they start worshiping Baal. And what does God do once they start worshiping Baal? He sends a drought because they think Baal sends rain. And so the Lord God, he sends a drought and there's no rain for three years and their economy is devastated. And their country is destroyed. And so now, here in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah the prophet calls for all the prophets of Baal. You know this story. 
And all the people of Israel, they gather in the valley below the the Mount Carmel. They're there in the Jezreel Valley. In verse 21, Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. What does he say? You got to choose. Just like Joshua. You got to choose. If Yahweh is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But you can't waffle between these two opinions any longer. You got to pick a God here. And look what it says. But the people answered him, not a word. Remember in Joshua 24, when Joshua said, you got to choose, we choose Yahweh. We're going to serve him. Are you sure? We're sure. Now he says to the people, you got to choose. And they're silent. We're thinking about it. I don't know. Now, this God Baal has failed them for three years. Their economy's devastated because they've worshipped Baal. You'd think they'd be like, take Baal. He doesn't work. But instead, eh, let me think about my answer here. And they answered him not a word. And Elijah said to the people, I alone am left of the prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. You guys know this story. God sends fire down from heaven consumes Elijah's offering. And then you know what the people say? The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Yahweh is God. They make their choice. This plagues Israel throughout their whole history. They keep breaking the first commandment over and over. They've got other gods. They've they've got other gods. Now, You and I, we have to choose. You've got to choose Jesus Christ. You've got to choose to make him your Lord. And you've got to choose to serve him. You cannot have any other gods in your life. It is not a matter of putting Jesus Christ first in your life. It's a matter of putting Jesus Christ only, the only God, and no other gods in his presence. And listen to me, please give me your attention. A God can be anything or anyone that you give your devotion to. It can be anything or anyone you put your trust in. It can be anything or anyone you put your confidence in. It can be anything or anyone that becomes the master passion in your life, the focus of your life, what you live for, what you prioritize, what you look to for comfort, what you look to for relief. A person can make money their God and put their trust in their money and in their bank account and their retirement account. A person can make a God out of a relationship with a girl or with a boy and elevate that to be the most important thing in their life. A person can make a God out of sports and be consumed with sports or a hobby And that can become your consuming passion more than Jesus Christ. You can treat a material possession as a God. 
You know, a material possession can become so important to someone that it becomes like a God in their life. When my wife and I were early in our marriage, we lived in an apartment, in this apartment complex. And I remember there was a guy that lived in that same apartment building that he had this, uh, this luxury automobile, uh, which you're living in an apartment, you've got a luxury automobile. Like, that's a whole different sermon about priorities. But, and he would wash this thing and wax this thing several evenings a week. Every Saturday he was out there washing it, waxing it doing the interior. He'd come home from work at night and in the evenings I'd see him out there touching it up, cleaning it. He would park out in the parking lot at an angle where he took up two spaces so nobody could. And I'd see that guy out there and I'd think that thing is a God in his life. So one night I went out there and I keyed his car. (laughs) Right? And on his hood I wrote, Jesus is Lord. Right? (laughs) Not really. We're going to get to thou shall not lie in like a month and a half. (laughs) Some people can make a God out of intellect, God out of education, right? God out of their career or their business. Some people can make a God out of a social cause. We certainly have seen that over the last few years. Some people you talk to them, that's all they talk about. And you're like, man, this is a God to this person. This is the most important thing in their life. Some people can make a God out of a political cause or out of a candidate. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about those whose God is their belly, just their physical appetites. They just live to satisfy their flesh and whatever their flesh desires. Uh, Jesus talked about serving God and mammon or wealth. And he said, you can't serve two masters. And, you know, you can kind of do an inventory of your own life and just ask yourself, you know, what do I focus my time on? What do I focus my energy on and my resources? What do I do with my free time? How do I spend my free time? What do I spend my thoughts on when I'm not busy doing work or whatever and I've just got time to think or or spend time doing what I want to do kind of thing? What am I focused on? Is it Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ should be the one God in your life. You shall have no other gods before me, no other gods in my presence. Jesus Christ must be preeminent over all. He's the one who gets our complete devotion and trust and hope. He's the one that we should find our comfort from and our rest in. And if you're finding that somewhere else, if your devotion is to something else, your master passion is something other than Jesus Christ, or you're finding comfort in something else other than Jesus, put away your other gods. You've got to choose. You've got to choose to make Jesus your God. And you've got to put away every other God in your life. And Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you that you're the one true God. And Lord, we do ask that you search our hearts. And if we've got other things in our life that are just competing with you, we ask that you forgive us, Lord. And I pray that we would, by the power of your spirit, put those other things out of our lives, Lord. Whatever they may be, Lord. And that we would choose you over everything else. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, and he has more to share with you next time. How is your heart doing as you listen to these teachings about the future? If you're in need of prayer for any reason, would you be willing to give us a call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever might be weighing on you. Our number is 410 410- 491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from the culminating final book of the Bible, Revelation. Pastor Dan has much more to share from this book, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue learning and growing, appreciating what God wants us to see from His Word. We hope you'll tune in then and be a part of our listening audience. Continue searching for what God has for you to see here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach true.